I'm ready. Welcome, everyone, to episode 192 of the Mars Attacks podcast. And um, if you've been following the show these past few weeks, I've been doing the live streams, and I've just been taking the live stream and repackaging it as part of an audio podcast. Um, The sound quality wasn't as good as what I wanted it to be for the last few episodes, the, the interviews anyway. So what I've done is I've just taken the audio from the um, from the Skype recording, and I'm just repackaging it here as part of a, a regular interview instead, or a regular episode. Uh, it just doesn't sound as good because there's like echo in my voice, and I don't know, I just don't think it sounds great. So I prefer to do it this way. Uh, I've been doing these live shows every Friday night, 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, 9 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. in the UK, and if you're in Europe, it is at midnight from Friday going into Saturday. And uh, if I don't get to interview people, I just talk to, um, uh, or I just talk to, I talk to you guys. But, uh, I talk to people that are in the chat, some of the diehards that are on Patreon as well, like Jeremy over in the UK, Mike Jones, Steve Hoker. I uh, have a, a cousin of mine up in Connecticut that joins us as well. And, um, yeah, so it's it's a lot of fun doing that Friday night hangout. And uh, I go over some music news. And, I don't know, it's just fun catching up on things and just interacting with people. Um, I have a lot of stuff going on with social media. Hope that you guys can join me there and follow or comment or, you know, do whatever you do. Uh, no one's holding a gun to anyone's head, but if you want to follow on social media, go to MarsAttacksRadio.com. You'll find links across the top for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, uh, how to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, the RSS feed, the um, Telegram group, Discord, <laughs> Twitch, Periscope, and YouTube as well as Patreon. So got a ton of stuff going on. Um, feel free to subscribe to any of those. It helps me out with the show. And uh, it helps with, you know, uh, just different things. When uh, <clears throat> if, I'm ad- if I'm offered things for advertisements or different things or, you know, uh, not even that. If I'm looking for interviews, you know, it helps showing that stuff. You know, believe it or not, there's still people asking for downloads and and things like that it's just kind of crazy 11 years in that people are still doing that but whatever uh as far as patreon is concerned i'm part of two different patreon pages i'm part of mark striegel's patreon page where i do a podcast with him that's mark striegel from talking metal and then i have my own patreon where i just discuss regular everyday happenings (laughs) that are going on um, doesn't necessarily have to be music related things. Sometimes it is, but, uh, yeah. So 
I've got a bunch of other things going on there on Patreon. Anywhere from 2 bucks to 25 bucks a month, depending on uh, what you fancy. Just click on the Patreon link right on MarsAttacksRadio.com, and it'll uh, get you there. There's also Amazon links and PayPal and all that great stuff, too, that you can click on to support the site. With Amazon, they've changed all their stuff, so... Um, I do have to mention that I'm an Amazon affiliate. If not, they can yank the whole Amazon thing. So, yeah, anything that you purchase on Amazon using my links, uh, just know that I'm an affiliate. And if it qualifies for any sort of kickback to me, um, you don't pay anything additional, but they give me a small percentage of what you purchased. So, there you go. Um, So, today's guest, Will Walner. Will Walner, formerly part of White Wizard, then now back with White Wizard. Uh, he talks about this during the interview. And also, he's got some other interesting stuff, like uh, gear. He purchased uh, a bunch of gear from Gary Moore's estate after Gary Moore passed away. So if you want to see any of this, you should go to the YouTube page. And check this specific interview out where you'll see Will uh, show off the Gary Moore stuff. Um, another interesting tidbit. He's tied into Lemmy. So I don't want to give too much more away with that because I want you guys to listen to the interview. But there's some stuff regarding Lemmy and Will Walner as well. That's... Uh, kind of interesting so there you go um what we're gonna do is we're gonna jump into a little white wizard and then we are going to jump on into the interview with will walner so this is coming off of uh the devil's cut is the name of the album and the name of the track is torpedo of truth So let's check that out before checking out the interview with Will Walner.
Welcome everyone to the Friday night edition of the Signals from Mars live stream presented to you by the Mars Attacks podcast. We are back with another great guest tonight. Uh, we are joined by the one and only Will Walner. Will, how are you, sir? Hi, uh, I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me on your show. I, I've never done anything like a live podcast or anything like that before, so I'm a little bit nervous. But um, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's fine. I've I've talked to you uh, plenty in the past, you know, whether whether it's uh, you know in audio or in person. So uh, you'll be fine. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So um, last time that we actually hooked up, I got to see you perform live. Um, it was the night that Tom Petty died. I remember mentioning that to you guys after the show, and um, it was uh, it, it was great. It was it was in a in a small pub here, not far from where I live. And um, since then, I mean, you were in Europe for a while, but now you're back in LA. Um, yeah. What was it like going back to the uh, back to the Pacific Coast after all these years? Um, oh, it was great, man. And, and by the way, that show where I met you, that was a cool show. Um, I really loved playing in Spain. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that was, a re- that was really awesome. It was just like such a cool coincidence that you were able to, to be there that, you know, the guy booked the show very close to you. Right. And um, yeah, the, we met a bunch of cool people who I'm still friends with on Facebook. And they're all very supportive, leaving me lots of cool comments and stuff. Um, so yeah, that was like a really cool, uh, fun experience. And I really want to go back there one day, um, to play there again. The, uh, the guy who owns the bar is always messaging me. So hopefully oh, wow. we can make it happen. Um, but yeah, that was, um, I can't remember there's like 2017 or maybe 2018 or something. Um, and I was living in Berlin, Germany at that time. Mm-hmm. But now since last year, I've moved back to Los Angeles, um, I just, it, it was time for a change. You know, I lived in LA before, lived here for five years, needed a change. So I moved to Berlin. I was in Berlin for five years. And then I just decided, hey, let's go back to America and, and see what happens there. Right. And um, like then right after I moved back here, all the, all the shit went down with 2020, like coronavirus and stuff. So it's been, it's been a bit rough, but, um, but no, I'm, I'm really glad to be back in LA and I'm loving it. It's a, it's an amazing city. And, um, yeah, you know, it's just nice to be, I don't know, I find that I find Los Angeles to be very inspiring because there's a lot of, you know, creative stuff here. And even now, even with like the lockdowns and all this stuff, I still, I love the city. It's great. And um, it's sort of given me a new uh, inspiration to play and make music. So, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it, man. Okay. What are you working on now musically? Are you still, are you working on something new with your wife? Are you working with another band? What, what do you have going on? Um, yeah, so right now, the, the main thing I'm doing is with Vivian, my wife. Um, we're recording new music. And, um, yeah, we've got a lot of cool songs that are currently being mixed. Um, we're actually working with the same producer who did all the White Wizard stuff, a guy called Ralph Patlin. Okay. He's really He's really great. And so we're kind of excited about that because we've never actually worked with a producer before. Mm-hmm. And so we're like writing a lot of songs and um, we put together a band and we had booked a bunch of shows um, here in L.A. before the lockdown, which they've all been postponed. I think right. 
I think one is technically booked for February of 2021 at the Whiskey A Go Go. But I, I'm not sure if that's going to happen if the lockdown will be lifted. But if it is, right. then I assume right. that she'll go forward. But yeah, we've made it. We've put together a new band. We've got um, a bass player and a drummer, and we're writing, and we're recording. And um, yeah, I'm really, I'm kind of excited about it. Um, just yeah, to be working with a new producer, and, and the songs are really different from what we've done before. And then I'm also sort of playing as well with White Wizard at the same time. Um, we are currently recording new music as well and hopefully we'll be able to put something out relatively soon so those are sort of the two musical things that i'm really focusing on right now okay cool and yeah. with uh the stuff that you're working on with your wife are there any special guests this time around because i know in the past you had Vinny apathy and and different yeah. people that joined you guys um Vin, Vinny's Vinny's on there Vinny's like the coolest guy in the world. It's just like, if we ever need drums, he's like the first guy, like we email him. He just, like, he gets back to us right away. He's like, yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, Vinny's on there. Um, but we're also then trying to basically work with, we found there's a drummer who's at, he's playing in Y wizard as well. And I was a bit cheeky and asked him if he wouldn't mind recording some drums for what me and Viv are doing. He's called Jonathan Brown. Um, he's going to be playing on some of our stuff. And then there's a bass player called Jack Glazer who um, we met here in LA for a mutual friend and um we're really trying to like make a real band this time you know like a real life where we sort of jam and before the stuff we did it was more just like you know studio project with like lots of emailing ideas and stuff but this time we're trying to really sort of like put together a real band and have it be organic sounding um but yeah there will be definitely some guests on there you know i'm sort of always um thinking about who would be cool to to play on track or, or stuff like that yeah do you have a wish list of, of people that you'd love to have on there? Yeah, I mean, I have yeah, loads. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really want to do a track with Bob Daisley. I got close to getting him on, and then um, I don't know what happened. I was emailing with him, but then it kind of just like fell apart. But I might hit him up again because I really, really love his everything that he did in his career. So I'd love to um, be able to get him on there. Um, you know, and then just – the music that we're writing is a bit different. It's, it's definitely hard rock, but there's sort of more like blues elements. So we might look for some guest players outside of the rock and metal genre, like some like blues players and even some more um, like different instruments, like maybe some saxophone players and, and things like that, just to add some different, um, yeah, different dynamics to the songs. Gotcha. Okay. And, and speaking of blues, because I know that you're heavily influenced by Gary Moore, when I got yeah. to see you live, um, sure. you had one of his guitars um, with you. Um, yeah. for, for those that don't know, Will is lucky enough to have several pieces of equipment that were, uh, that were owned by Gary uh, previously. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the uh, the... Gary Moore gear that you do have? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you and I'll show you because um, we're in my little studio setup. So, yeah, basically after Gary died, um, you know, his family were left with literally like hundreds of guitars and amps and they just decided to auction them off because they're all just sitting in like a warehouse collecting dust. And right. um, it was a great opportunity for a guy like me who Gary Moore is like – probably my favorite guitar player or definitely, you know, one of the top five. Um, so I bought as many as I could. Um, basically a bunch of less cools. Like this one's probably the coolest one. 
This is like a 2001 custom shot from Gibson. And he used this on tour for like a bunch of stuff. And there's like videos of him on like DVD and stuff playing this guitar. And then there's a cool interview where he talks about how he like got it. He just like walked into Gibson and basically just like, just left with it. But he just walked in and took one off the shelves like a meme with this guitar. And so that was this one. Um, But yeah, uh, this is, yeah, the 2001 custom shot. Um, And then also, well, yeah, this one's cool too. This is a, uh, this is the Hot Rod 58 model, which he, I think he only played this for one show and he, he bought it in Ireland only like a few months before he died. Wow. But um, this, this is a pretty cool one. It's kind of a rare model too. It's like this 58 Hot Rod special. So it's got, I don't know if you can see it, but it's got this crazy paint job on there. Yeah, uh, the pickups really look, uh, they really stand out. They look like they have like a worn treatment on them. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I guess Hot Rod magazine in the US, um, you know, it's about like Hot Rod cars. And this was kind of like some special model to celebrate it. So they did like, okay. I guess it's like chrome flames or something. Okay. It's, it's like a Hot Rod car, you know? Oh, cool. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's a very cool guitar. And then the other stuff is just like, just like a bunch of amps. Like, I don't know if I stand up and you can see, but... This is like a Marshall Major. This is like 200 watts. Um, have a bunch of 20 watts. The coolest thing, though, that I probably got from all of it is um, I bought the amp that he used to record the loner, the actual amp that he okay. used to record that song. So, um, but yeah, a bunch of cool Gary Moore stuff. I'm sort of a, a collector, and um, I use all of that stuff now on all of my on all of my songs. So yeah, cool. And not to sound cheesy, but do you feel like Gary's aura when you, uh, you know, when you get your hands on the stuff? Yeah, no. I mean, it's for me, it's just more like it's special to play a guitar that he played because I, I, I have so much respect for him. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just, it's just in my brain, but sometimes like I record with them and I really feel like sometimes like, yeah, I'm really like tapping into something here, but you know, I, but yeah, I mean, they have a vibe to them, you know, especially the ones that he that he played a lot and toured with. It's like, it's cool, man, you know. Um, so yeah, maybe there is a bit of a Gary Moore mojo <laughs> to some of those guitars. Okay. And you've also been posting on Facebook another Les Paul that you recently had uh, worked on, which is kind yeah. of a tribute to uh, Eddie Van Halen. Um, yeah. I'll get it for you. Okay. <laughs> This one. Okay. This is the Franken Paul. The Franken Paul. There you go. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, dude. When Eddie died, I was like really shocked because he is, you know, another one of my all-time favorite guitar players. Um. And really, it, and then if I think about it, I'm like, you know, he's probably like the most important rock guitar player. You know, him or Jimi Hendrix. You know, he's one of the absolute giants and it was like really sad when when you know when he died because he was so young as well like 65 is is way too young right um and yeah i was sort of i was actually a bit moved emotionally so i said you know i'm gonna go buy a brand new les paul and i'm gonna put the eddie van halen stripes on there because you know i i play les paul guitars um but you know they don't make 
the the stripes, you know, the Eddie Van Halen stripes on a Les Paul. So I'll just do it myself. So I took it to like a custom paint shop in LA and they did an amazing job on it. Um, And the guitar, it actually sounds amazing. I've been recording tons of clips of this on my Facebook and Instagram. People are really digging it. Um, I put in some, they've got these pickups, which are from England uh, called Bare Knuckle Pickups. And, And the model of these pickups is called Van Halen 2. They sort of, they built these to sound, to try to replicate, I guess, how his guitar sounded on that album. Wow. And had like a custom um, thing on there. It says, I don't know if you read it, it says For Eddie. Oh, wow. On there. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, this is the Eddie Van Halen tribute, Les Paul, which people call it the Frank and Paul. And yeah, that's out. Cool. So you're, you've already listed Eddie and you've listed uh, Gary Moore. But yeah. I know that you're a huge fan of Richie Blackmore as well. So can you put them in, in an order as to which you feel is most important for you? Oh, <laughs> well, it, yeah, who I feel is most important. I mean, probably Eddie Van Halen is the most important when you really think about the influence on guitar players. This is what I always try to say. It's like, so like, I see probably Richie Blackmore, I would probably have to say is the most important for me personally just because like in terms of history he came first he was really sort of like uh you know an originator mm-hmm. and sort of really yeah you know he pioneered a lot of like rock guitar and i just love his attitude and i think he's like you know one of the coolest guitar players that i mean he is one of the coolest guitar players and best guitar players that there ever was right. um but I have, I do have a special place in my heart for Gary Moore because it's like I only discovered Gary Moore after he died. Okay. And um, by this point, I had already been playing guitar for like a while. Like I think I was like 23 years old when I discovered Gary's playing. And um, it was like when I first started playing when I was 16, it was like really special when I would like discover a new player. Like when I when I first discovered Eddie Van Halen when I was like 16, 17, it was like really cool. And then I would like literally just listen to every single album, like every single song and listen to every single solo. And it's kind of like you go on this great adventure of discovering new music. And then I sort of started playing guitar for a while and I never really had that same sort of like exciting feeling of discovering some player until I then like a few years later when I, when I listened to Gary Moore again, it sort of reignited that sort of, um, that spark of like magic that you, that I felt when I was younger. Like I was so excited to like discover this player. I was like, wow, I've never heard a guitar player play with such emotion. Um, like Gary Moore did. Right. And, um, yeah, so it kind of like it, again, it reignited my passion for playing by discovering his music. So Gary Moore has a very special place in my heart. My, my, my biggest, influences are Gary Moore, Richie Blackmore, Eddie Van Halen, and then also John Sykes, who I believe is a very special guitar player, very sure. talented. Yeah. Who would be your number five? Ooh, that is a tough question. I, I love a lot of guitar players. I, I would have to like share number five. Like I have a lot of respect for like, for like tons of players, like guys like Aldi Mio that I really love. Um, there's a, jazz guy called Frank and Barley, who's one of my favorite guitar players. But I also love Yngwie Malmsteen. I think Yngwie Malmsteen is actually not necessarily underrated, but almost understood. Like, I think he's a lot more than just like some shred, you know, guy. He, I think he's, his earlier stuff was like really cool. Um, but then, yeah, I don't know. Also, 
you know, the, the cliche guys, like, I mean, I, that's actually insult. I shouldn't say cliche, but like, you know, like the, the big, you know, masters of the instrument of, you know, who everyone loves, like, you know, guys like Tony Iommi or Jim Page or stuff. Right. Um, but for me personally, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to think about that fifth one. and I'm going to give you an answer before the end of this interview. But I, I need to like really think before I commit to it. Okay. And there's, there's another legendary connection that you have as well. When you move back to LA, you happen to move into a house that used to be someone else who was very legendary, who passed away a few years ago, which is Lemmy. Um, yeah. How did you find out that it was his house? Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's where I'm sitting right now. This is uh, Lemmy's old place. Um, basically, yeah, me and my wife, we were planning to move back to L.A., mm-hmm. and we started looking at properties. And this one place became available and it said this used to be the home of a legendary rock star and then we looked on the map and it's literally right across the street from the rainbow bar and grill you know just off the sun strip in west hollywood so my wife was the one who actually said you know i bet this is lemmy's place and i'm like no it couldn't be um but then we did a bit of research like oh yeah that's 100 percent lemmy's old apartment and um Literally, for whatever reason, we got lucky and it was still available by the time we, we came here and we snapped it up. You know, I, I, I bought it without even seeing it. I, uh, I, I literally just called up my real estate agent. I was just like, I want to put an offer in this place. I don't need to see it. Just I want this place. Right. And um, yeah, so that's where we are right now. And um, it's, actually, it's actually a great, great apartment. And the location's awesome. Like I said, I mean, the rainbow's just up. Uh, the street out, out there and um it's cool man you know like the neighbors are like really cool it's like this most of the people that live in this building are kind of like older generation so they're like they're very sweet neighbors and they they tell me very funny stories about lemmy they're like oh wow. you're the... yeah they're like oh you know my my wife used to bake lemmy cookies he used to love her chocolate cookies and stuff like this so yeah so it's, it's it's cool man it's cool yeah that's, that, that's awesome. Uh, you you don't happen to see uh, the ghost of Lemmy roaming the halls at night or anything? I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I would I, it would be awesome if, if if they were. I mean, this is kind of an older place, so the floors are like very creaky, and it's kind of like a little bit, you know. So maybe I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to freak myself out there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, another thing that I wanted to bring up because I know that you're an old school wrestling fan as well. You're a big Bret Hart oh. fan. Yes. Um, uh, last weekend, uh, from what it looks like, the undertaker retired finally. Um, yeah. After, uh, well, he retired on the same day that he debuted with, uh, the WWF, which was November 22nd, just 30 years later after, you know, the, at the same pay-per-view at survivor series. Um, yeah. Any thoughts of Undertaker? Were you ever a fan of his? I mean, yeah, I, I definitely am a fan of his. And from what I know about wrestling, the fact that he was able to do it for like 30 years is like ridiculous because right. most of those guys that, you know, their bodies, it's, it's, it's incredibly tough on their bodies. So that, you know, they yeah. have to retire like pretty, you know, they can't go for that long. And he basically went longer than anybody. Um, so yeah, I, it's amazing. You know, he's obviously had a career and yeah, when I was a kid, I, I loved wrestling. They were like, you know, kind of like real life superheroes, you know? Right. Um, and yeah, like when I, when I used to watch it, it was when it, they called it the attitude era. Right. 
right. and he was like very cool. He was like the sort of like the Prince of Darkness and stuff. Right. Uh, and his intro music used to be this very cool like heavy metal song. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, that's I, I don't watch it anymore. I, it's like I, I see what happens like on Twitter and stuff. Like, so I actually I didn't watch the Survivor series. If I'd known he was retiring, I would have. Um, but then I saw it all trending on Twitter. They're like, "Oh, the Undertaker's done and he's retired." But yeah, so you know, amazing, and I you know I huge respect for him um, for, for going for thirty years. And you know, I mean, he he must be probably one of. I mean, yeah, he is the all time great, if not probably the greatest wrestler of all time. When if you think about it, so yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you think about a wrestler that had a gimmick, you know, because, you know, when we were kids in the WWF, they all had gimmicks. And I guess, you know, like you're saying, longevity, 30 years of being able to play that, you know, portray that gimmick and keep it around and make it relevant. You know, de- definitely, I think out of out of anyone that was given a role to play, he definitely did it for the longest and probably the best. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man, definitely. No, I remember I had one of my best friends growing up. Um, he was more interesting than I was, and I remember, and he was like into it that in the earlier era when, like, you know, there's still like Hulk Hogan, and just when the Undertaker came in. Right. And I remember he was like legit telling me, like, dude, you have to see this guy, the Undertaker. Like, you won't believe it. He's like, he's actually a dead man. And then he kept going on. You know, his finisher, the Tombstone Pile Driver, is like the best move you've ever seen. It's right. like. It, kill you um so you know he definitely you know like kids were legit scared of him you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah he was definitely when he came in i was like wow this guy's like so metal you know just the whole get up it definitely like felt like someone that you know could have could have as you said come came out to to hard rock or metal music he definitely fit the style and then to find out years later that he was you know a huge fan of of all things all things hard rock and metal is really cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. So let's circle back to um, to the music here. And yeah. um, what type of a timetable do you see for um, for your album and for the White Wizard album? Um, do you have something set in stone, or you know, a, a specific target date when you'd like to see the stuff released? Yeah, yeah. So basically, right now, um, for my personal thing with Vivian. Our goal is to release a single really soon. It's being mixed right now. We just recorded all the tracks. Um, the song is called Back on the Strip, and it's kind of like a story about us. Like, we just moved back onto the Sunset Strip. Okay. And so the lyrics have, like, a bunch of throwbacks to, like, all of our favorite, you know, music. It's being mixed right now by Ralph Palin, and as soon as it's ready, we're going to put it out. And then, like... Cool we're going to finish up the rest of the album and put it out sometimes later. But the first song that we're going to do put out is this song that we've, we've worked on called back on the strip. And that's cool actually, because it's got, um, it's got Vinnie Apsy on drums and John Young from white wizard is playing bass on that song. Oh wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then with the white wizard stuff, like it's, it wouldn't really, I don't really want to say too much because it's just, it's not so much. I mean, I'm a, I am in the band, but it's not my place to say so much. But right now we are working on kind of like a similar thing. We have this one song we're doing that we want to get out there as soon as possible. And hopefully it'll be out, you know, within a couple of weeks or something that we're, um, we're just finishing up all the tracking now. And then, you know, it just needs to be mixed. And, um, yeah, you know, I think hopefully if, if, 
I really hope that White Wizard can exist and do something because I, I feel like there is like there's a lot of fans that really love that band. Right. And I think for John as well, it would be great, you know, if he could kind of keep it going and keep it alive. And I think right now, actually, there's actually a pretty cool lineup of musicians. Like I say, we've got this drummer, new drummer called Jonathan Brown, who's a really awesome guy. And for a long time now, John's been working with the original guitar player right. in White Wizard, guy James J. LaRue, mm-hmm. who is such an amazing musician. And so I'm kind of just like, I mean, I'm just going to record a couple of guitar solos for the new thing and for the new song. But I mean, James is really kind of like, you know, being being with John working on music. You know, he played on their last album, Infernal Overdrive. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to be a part of it, you know, and I hope that, like I say, we can kind of maybe build some momentum and, and you know, get the band going again because, you know, it would be cool. Cool. Can you confirm who the singer is or you're not allowed to say that? I'm not allowed to say it, but I can. I guarantee you, people will love the new singer, and they're going to be like, "Wow, that's cool!" And I actually, um, we were looking for a new singer, and I put put forward this guy. It was like kind of like this this crazy idea I had, and I think it's going to work out. And I and I guarantee you that you. I think that's going to be one thing where people are like, "Wow, that's going to be cool!" I got to check it out. This song to hear this guy singing the White Wizard. All right. Yeah. So it, it isn't anyone that was formerly in the band then? Um, as far as I know, I mean, yeah, I don't know. There's like, <laughs> we, we, we're throwing out different ideas, basically. But the guy who I want to sing on it, who I think is going to sing on it, he was he's not in the band. He played with some other big bands, but he, he's not with Why Wizard. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. uh... You'll, you'll keep us in suspense here. We'll, we'll... Yeah, it's, it's, well, I don't want to piss off John. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, it's still no, no, I get it. I know John. <laughs> and he's like, you know, I, he's very, you know, I, and I, I understand it. You know, he's very protective. And I, so I don't want to, like, reveal anything before I should have revealed something, you know. And I don't want to, I don't want to get in trouble. So, yeah, you know. But, yeah, I think hopefully if it's the guy that I say, I think you will be like, that's fucking cool. And then you can come back and listen to this, and like you'll be like, "Yeah, Will was telling the truth. He wasn't. <laughs> he, was, he wasn't bullshitting us." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, uh, before we let you go, I want people to know where they can go to keep up with everything that you have going on. Cool, man. Yeah. Um, I, well, I just started an Instagram account a few months ago, okay. and um, so you can go to Instagram, and then my name is just Will, and then like a little. Under, underscore line thing Warner um, or just Facebook you can add me on Facebook Will Warner or Twitter you can follow me um, and yeah man if you're into uh, any of the guitar players I spoke about or like just music gear in general you know feel free to drop me a nice comment or something awesome I appreciate you uh, coming aboard here on such short notice and it's always fun to talk to you this is probably like the third or fourth time that we've actually spoken over the years so it's 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 always great um and i hope that you do get to come out here again and i get to see you live so uh let's hope uh fingers crossed the whole covid thing um you know wraps up and then we could kind of get back to some semblance of uh you know what things were before <laughs> absolutely man yeah thank you for uh for asking me it's, it's cool man and yeah like i say it was 
we 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 spoken on like talking metal and stuff like that yeah, when yeah. we did that before. But to meet you in person was really fucking cool. And yeah, man, I'll as soon as I can, I'm gonna book another tour through Spain because I love that country. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time, sir. We will uh, be in touch. Cheers, Victor. Thank you so much. Awesome.
Black War from Walner Vane. That's the band that Will Walner has with his wife, Vivian Vane. And I'm a bonehead. One of the things that I wanted to talk to him about was his um, graphic novel. And I didn't do that. So I'll have him back on in the future to discuss. So there you go. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview. I thought it was cool to talk to him about living in Lemmy's old place. Gary Moore stuff, and he's a great guy and a, and a really great guitarist. And um, when I got to see him here in Spain, there was um, the singer-bassist of a really well-known band here in Spain who's from the area. And after the show was done, he, he says to me, he goes, what the hell is this guy doing playing in a bar like this? He goes, this guy should be playing arenas. He's that good. I said, yeah, he just loves playing, you know. So, um, so yeah, they were, they were all in astonishment when they saw him. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, pretty funny. Anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Um, hope you guys check out Will's music and hope you check out the White Wizard stuff. Um, when it does come out, John Leon... Uh, texted me the other day saying that they should have a new song out next month. So we'll see. Should be cool. So there you go. Anyway, I want to end this episode with a track featuring um, a guitarist that he mentions during the episode. And um, that guitarist is the one and only John Sykes. And one of my all-time favorite albums, definitely one of my favorite albums to come out um, in the, I guess, late 80s, early 90s. I think it was early 90s, if I'm not mistaken. All right, let's do something challenging here. Let's look up the first self-titled Blue Murder album. Uh, Blue Murder album came out in 89. Okay, so I am totally off. It was my freshman year of high school. For some reason, I thought it was 11th grade, but no. Two years earlier. Anyway, um, Mark Striegel and I were talking about how John Astronomy covered a song off of uh, the first Blue Murder album recently and sent it to him, and he recorded it all in his apartment in Bayonne and thought it was really cool. So, um, yeah, he... John Astronomy is a ridiculous musician, has has a ridiculous amount of gear as well. If you see the Talking Metals uh, live show, you'll see all of the just sick stuff. I, I still remember doing a show with him years back and he's like wow you've got this really cool like mic stand meanwhile he's got like eric carr's drum set behind him ace freely's amps and all these les pauls and the mic stand makes him you know makes him giddy so there you go anyway let's play a track you used to be able to hear this song on howard stern's show all the time on his uh, tv show if i'm not mistaken but uh, this is black-hearted woman uh, off of the first self-titled Blue Murder album. Thanks again for listening. Hope to catch you next time right here on the Mars Attacks podcast. See ya! 
Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks Podcast. This concludes our show. 